Welcome back to the Gobble em Up podcast, an official podcast of the Fifth Quarter Network, presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Now, here's your host, Carter Hill. All right, what is going on, Hokies? Welcome into episode 30 of the Gobble em Up podcast, a part of the Fifth Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Do you need a new or pre-owned car? Head on over to Duncan in Blacksburg. I drive a Mazda around town and I absolutely love it. So if you want to shake things up, go get you a Mazda and Duncan will take care of you over there on 460 Business in Blacksburg. You can find some of those new or pre-owned selection of vehicles at DuncanMazda.net. So make sure to check them out if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform, we thank you so, so much for joining us. And please give us a rating and subscribe if you want more content from us and want to listen to more future podcasts. We really, really appreciate it. Really appreciate all the new listeners we've been getting most recently. Paul Duncan is my fantastic producer. And I'm Carter Hill, your host and a contributor to Fifth Quarter. Reminder to follow us on Twitter at FQ Gobble em Up is our Gobble em Up podcast. Twitter at FQ Virginia Tech is our Fifth Quarter Virginia Tech Twitter. We're starting to ramp things up a little bit more with spring sports, giving you some live coverage. And my personal Twitter is at CBHill underscore 03. Well, speaking of spring sports, they are finally back in Blacksburg. And you can tell because we're finally getting some good weather. The ice is melting. 50 degree days are coming up. And spring sports are back in full swing. And we will be going through this past weekend in those spring sports. It was really, really busy and a fantastic, yeah, a fantastic weekend for Virginia Tech Athletics. Wins in women's basketball, softball, baseball, and men's tennis. We will be going over all four of those. Well, I guess wins in all four of those sports. There were multiple games in, in a lot of those sports. So we will be going over that, going through those ones, letting uh, filling you in on what you missed. Lacrosse and women's tennis did drop. Their respective games were matches this past weekend. So we won't really be going through that, but we will be going through the winners this past weekend because Hokie Nation is uh, is, is loving that. We finally are able to preview some Virginia Tech men's or women's. Now, we were able to preview a women's basketball game last week, but we finally were able to preview some Virginia Tech basketball. And uh, that will start when Virginia Tech travels to Clemson this Thursday at 6 p.m. on the ACC Network. In women's basketball, the Hokies have won five straight for the first time in program history, and they will look to continue that momentum down in Clemson, South Carolina at Little John Coliseum. We will preview that one. Finally, I've been missing it so much. It's been a long two and a half weeks, but Virginia Tech men's basketball has a game to be played, and they will host the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. on your regional sports network. Masson in Virginia and Maryland and Fox Sports South in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. So don't want to miss that one. I'm looking forward to it. So we will preview that one, get you all set, and make a pick there before we close it out. Like I said, you know, we I promised we would go over a lot of sports, so let's get right to it. I hope you can tell by the title how good of a weekend it was for Virginia Tech Athletics. Like I just talked about, wins, wins, and more wins. We'll start with women's basketball. Like I just talked about, fifth straight win for the Hokies for the first time in program history. They're now 12-7 and overall and 7-7 and in league play, back to 500 after starting 2-7 and in league play. A remarkable turnaround so far this year for Kenny Brooks. He really has his team playing well and... I'll tell you why right here. It's because of Georgia Amore. And she doesn't get talked about a ton because of Asia Shepard and Elizabeth Kitley. But when your point guard play starts to step up, that's when the basketball team starts to step up. And the and the Hokies really dominated the Orange from the get-go. Now, they only won by eight points, but they were, they were winning by 22 at halftime. And 
I think they kind of let up, not, I shouldn't say let up, but the orange kind of started to hit a little bit more shots toward the end to make it a more of a respectable margin. But Virginia tech really did dominate this game. AJ Shepard was the leading scorer with 23 points. Liz Kitley with 18 Georgia Amor, like we just talked about, the freshman from Australia put up 14, as well as Kayla King. She's been shooting it very, very well of late. Azana Baines added three, and Deja Gregg and Deja Green each added two as well. But Virginia Tech women's basketball, just a fantastic game, and Kenny Brooks has got to be pleased. And he he has his team rolling and has a chance to win six straight this week against a Clemson team that's not very good. Syracuse was a very solid. It was a very solid win, and they are a very solid team. They were fourth in the ACC on the women's side coming into this one. I believe mm, I think they're eleven and five. I forget their conference record coming into it, but they were eleven and five coming into this one. So this was a big. This was a big win for Virginia Tech and a good program, or I should say, good resume building win. I know uh, Charlie Cream on the women's side for ESPN Bracketology. Has Virginia Tech well into the field now? I think he has him, I believe is nine, maybe 10 seed. I think I saw something on Twitter today about it. But nevertheless, I mean, Virginia Tech women's basketball, complete turnaround, complete 180 where they were a couple weeks ago. I mean, they looked like they weren't even an NIT. They weren't even an NIT team a couple years ago, and here they are making their way back in for an NCAA tournament run. So more stats on the Hokies for this one. Here's your key. They shot 50% from the field. That's Fantastic. 42 for, 42% from three, 10 for 24. They were 12 for 16 from the free throw line, so that'll get it done. Syracuse was 100% from the free throw line, 12 for 12. The Orange hit their free throws on the, in the men's and the women's side, but that did not matter, and Virginia Tech gets it done, 76 to 68. They are now tied for fifth in the league. That's a big tiebreaker. We will see you know, kind of how that shakes out. But I, I, I'm really looking forward to see where this Virginia Tech women's basketball team is going, and I think they can – I think they can make it. If they keep playing the way they are, I think they can make a run in the NCAA tournament. Now, how far? I don't know. We shall see. But uh, nonetheless, great game for Virginia Tech. I'm pulling up their exact the where they are exactly are in the standings. They're tied for six, so um, one off there. So they are tied for six. So my mistake there, but no, nonetheless, Virginia Tech women's basketball is in a fantastic spot this year at this point in the season for for how they started. So Kenny Brooks and the ladies over there at Castle Coliseum have got it going. We will preview that game against the Clemson Tigers coming up in just a few short minutes. Another sport that I wanted to go ahead and talk about secondly because they had a a dream like I shouldn't say dream like weekend. They won four or six, and head coach Pete DeMore of Virginia Tech softball would absolutely take that with who they had on the slate this weekend. They had a fantastic weekend, has have right now separated themselves as the top team in the ACC. Likely are headed for the top ten in the in the uh, new softball poll that will be coming out momentarily in a couple of days. They get it done. They take two or three at Clemson. The Tigers were picked sixth in the league, so that's a pretty respectable they, – they may be an NCAA tournament team, so that's a pretty respectable series win down there in Clemson in the Tigers' first full season of softball. Then here's the big one. They go down to Atlanta at Georgia Tech to face off against the Florida State Seminoles. The, the Noles came in ranked 13th in the country. The Hokies came in ranked 14th, so a little 13-14 battle, 1-2 in the ACC according to the ACC preseason poll. And Virginia Tech takes two or three. They were blown out in the first game after, I believe it was 
the second inning. I'll get to it in a minute when I'm pulling up the box score and I'm recapping it, but I believe it was the second inning where Virginia Tech just had a terrible defensive inning. It cost them the game, really. They dropped that one, and they responded big time. The bats came alive in the last two games, and they take two or three from Florida State. Let's start with the loss to um, kick off the weekend to Clemson that put the Hokies 0-1 in league play. It was a little concerning, but obviously they turned it around from there. Keely Rochard got the start for Virginia Tech, and she struggled. Rare, uh, rare bad outing for the... Junior from Williamsburg just wasn't her best outing for sure. She, uh, but but hey, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't completely I shouldn't completely put the blame on her. There was a lot of defensive miscues in this one as well. I think that was the downfall in Virginia Tech's two losses was defensive miscues because Keely only allowed one earned run. She gave up six hits, six runs, but only one of them was earned in four innings. Then Kaylee Hewitt and Mackenzie Osborne came on in relief. Not really a lot of highlights in this one for Virginia Tech. Cameron Fagan went one for four. Jamie Bailey one for four. Grace Chavez one for two. Maddie Roundtree one for two. Kelsey Bennett one for three. Darby Troll one for two. Mackenzie Everettis one for one. And the lone scoring play for Virginia Tech was a Darby Troll single up the middle. The Hokies dropped that one eight to one, but they responded quickly the following day with a nine nothing beat down in five. And there's a common theme for this weekend in Virginia Tech softball. We'll get to that in a minute. But they respond with a 9 nothing beat down of the Tigers the following day, a Friday afternoon game at noon. I don't know if you had a chance to catch that. I watched it on ACC Network Extra. This was all Virginia Tech. Um, Ivy, Rosen- uh, Ivy Rosenberry pitched a gym in the circle. Five innings pitched, only three hits, and no earned runs. Did not walk a batter as well. Two strikeouts. Some numbers for the Hokies in this one. Kelsey Brown, two for three. Cameron Fagan, one for two. Morgan Overitis, one for three. Jamie Bailey, one for two. Kelsey Bennett, two for two. Meredith Slaw, one for three. She had a big day. We will get to that in a minute. And Addie Green, one for two. That started out with a, a actually a productive out, ground out to shortstop that scored Jamie Bailey to make it one make it one nothing. That was a Meredith Slaw ground out. Addie Green hit a RBI double in the top of the second as well. Both of those runs came to the top of the second. And then the top of the third was the beginning. A seven run a seven run inning for Virginia Tech. Morgan Overitis singles the center field. And Kelsey Brown scores to make it three to nothing. Jamie Bailey then hits a three run a uh, three run bomb to really put the game away early. Six to nothing Virginia Tech and then Meredith Slaw with the dagger in the top of the third as well with a three-run bomb of her own to make that one nine to nothing in favor of Virginia Tech. They then follow that one immediately after, literally 30 minutes after, with a 4-1 win over the Clemson Tigers. Keely Richard bounced back from a, a rough outing. I guess I should say that's fair to say. She bounces back and puts on a gym against the Clemson Tigers, took a no-hitter into the bottom of the sixth inning. She did that a lot this weekend as well. That's another common theme. We will get to that in a second. She had a fantastic game. Virginia Tech's offense came uh, came uh, came around in this game as well. Kelsey Brown, who had a literally one of the best games you'll ever see defensively in left field, but she also does it with the bat. Three for four. Cameron Fagan, two for two for four. Grace Chavez, one for four. Jamie Bailey, one for four. And Darby Truel, one for three. Again, Keely Rochard, seven innings pitch, three hits, one run, two walks, and four strikeouts. She did hit two batters, so she'll want to work on her command a little bit down there in the circle. Scoring plays for Virginia Tech started off in the top of the first with the Cameron Fagan RBI single, Jamie Bailey, then an RBI double to make it 2 nothing. Hokies. Grace Chavez with her first homer of the weekend. And first of many, we'll get to that again in a minute. Uh, top of the third with a 
a, a solo shot to make it three one uh, three nothing Hokies. The Tigers responded in the bottom of the sixth to make it three to one, but then Cameron Fagan added an insurance run in the top of the seventh, and ultimately gave us our final margin of four to one. So the Hokies did take two or three from Clemson. They then headed to Atlanta and had another. Very, very similar trend of, and you'll see, they uh, the three against Florida State, they lose seven to one in the first one, off a terrible defensive game, just like that uh, the Clemson one. They then respond with a five inning beatdown, just like in the Clemson series, and then get a, although this one was a six nothing, was close for most of the way. It was zero zero, I believe, in the fifth. So very similar trend there. The ones, uh, the the loss to Florida State, we'll go over that box score as well right now wasn't the Hokies' best defensive performance. I know Pete DeMora want to sh- uh, shore some things up. Two errors for the Hokies. Ivy Rosenberry did not have a great game in the circle, but again, four run, uh, four earned runs. She gave up seven runs. F- only four of them were earned. Still not her best, but you know, not, not terrible. Mackenzie Osborne did a nice job in relief, only allowing one hit in four innings and did not allow a run. Some stats for Virginia Tech. They only had three hits, so not much. But Grace Chavez was one for three. And Darby Trull had two of the three hits with and she went two for three. The one, um, the one one the the one run scored by the Hokies in this one was another Grace Chavez homer that tied that one up one to one in the bottom of the first. So that was her second homer of the weekend. But the Hokies did fall in that one to number 13 Florida State. But they responded in a big way immediately after with a nine to one victory in five innings over the Florida State Seminoles. And they just raked in this one. Let's look at the box score. Keely Rochard again, fantastic bounce back game. Uh, that's that's too straight by her. I believe she took another no hitter into the fourth or the fifth. That's just a common theme for her. She improves to four and one on the season. Only gave up three hits. Her final line Again, only in five innings, but one earned run, three hits, and seven strikeouts. Um, offensive stats for Virginia Tech, Kelsey Brown, one for three. Meredith Slaw, one for one. Cameron Fagan, one for four. Grace Chavez, one for three. Jamie Bailey, two for four. Kelsey Bennett, one for three. Darby Troll, one for two. Emma Ritter, two for two. Addie Green, one for two. And Mackenzie Lauder, one for two. Forgot about Kana Davis. She goes one for one as well, and she's played a lot recently. I think she's coming off an, uh, an injury, but... I'm telling you, Virginia Tech, like they're extremely deep in softball, and like they had 13 hits in this one, and that showed going through the box score. Grace Chavez, again, another home, her third home, uh, her third homer of the weekend. That was in the top of the third that gave gave Virginia Tech a three nothing lead. That's all they needed. But Kelsey Bennett added a two run dinger in that same inning to make it five nothing. And then Meredith Lauder, um, or excuse me, excuse me, Mackenzie Lauder walks in the top of the third as well to make it six to nothing. Meredith Slaw then hits a two-run RBI single in the top of the third as well, and that caps off an eight-run inning that propelled Virginia Tech to this beatdown of the Florida State Seminoles. Addie Green added a single to make it nine to nothing, and a Florida State double in the bottom of the fifth made it a little bit more respectable at nine to one. But overall, the Hokies dominated this one. They then. Uh, had a pitcher's duel for the most part in uh, Sunday's matchup with the with the Seminoles that would have decided that, that did decide the series, and that um, it's it's going to be a huge series in ACC play. The winner of the series, uh, it's early, may very well win the ACC regular season. So that's a good sign for Virginia Tech right now. Yeah, it was tied going into the fourth zero zero, but uh, Keely Rochard. Another fantastic game. She throws a seven inning one hitter. That's three straight by her. Did walk five. We're gonna work on that command a little bit more, but struck out nine. Virginia Tech stats. 
Cameron Fagan, two for three with three RBIs. We'll get to that in a minute. Grace Chavez, one for three. Jamie Bailey, one for three. Darby Truel, and, and Darby Truel, one for three. That's hit hit wise for Virginia Tech. They only had five hits, but Florida State only had one, so that's all they needed. Jamie Bailey's RBI double made it one to nothing. Hokies, Darby Truel's RBI single, infield single made it two nothing. Hokies. Cameron Fagan then hits a three run bomb in the, I believe it's their first collegiate home run. That's off the top of my head. I could be wrong, so please don't judge me if I am, but I believe that's just off of the top of my head. I can't remember her homer any other time this year, but I may just be missing something. A three-run homer in the bottom of the fifth makes it 5 nothing Hokies, and then what do you know? Grace Chavez with another homer. That's her fourth homer of the weekend. Makes it 6 to nothing and puts that one away for Virginia Tech. Great weekend for Virginia Tech softball. Good as you can ask for for head coach Pete Demore. He's got to be happy. They now have two weeks off. They were supposed to play at Radford this Wednesday. That game is postponed. They will not play again until next Friday, March 5th, when they host Boston College at Tech Softball Park. On to baseball. Time to play ball. Look, we it's uh, first two games of Virginia Tech's baseball season, and uh, it did not disappoint. The Hokies swept a doubleheader with the Kent State Golden Flashes. I was lucky enough to be in, in a, an attendance cover. We'll have an article soon about that. was able to talk to Coach Chef, um, Tanner Scoble, and Chris Gerard. Following that one, you'll see why when we go over the box scores. It was a lot, a lot of fun. This is what really made me want to do all these spring sports recaps because the passion was there in the press box for Virginia Tech spring sports. And just a lot of love for lacrosse, softball, baseball, men's tennis. Like, it's just across the board and, and I'm really looking forward to covering I'll, I'll be at a lot of baseball and softball games this year so I'm really looking forward to covering both these teams because they're a lot of fun I think Virginia Tech baseball is going to surprise some people anyway though the first game of the doubleheader they beat Kent State three to one now it was not their best game offensively for Virginia Tech now they I believe they were I'll pull up the stat sheet in a minute but they were one for 11 and run, for runners in scoring position they were one for 11 with runners in scoring position at, at uh, one point in the game so that's not what you want for head coach John Sheff. I believe that was in the eighth inning. I'm pulling up the box score right now. So should be able to give you a good final count there. But Chris Gerard threw a masterpiece on the mound for um, for Virginia Tech. He goes six innings, one earned run, four hits, seven strikeouts, which is tied for the most of an opening day pitcher for Virginia Tech in the last 10 seasons. So nice little stat for the uh, sophomore, the COVID sophomore, I guess is what you could say. This was a pitcher's duel. Um, Albright of Kent State was was money as well. He's in the MLB Pipeline's top 100 prospects for this next year's MLB draft. So he's going to be a high, high draft pick. So it was a pleasure to watch. Andrew Wells, who was calling the game on ECC Network Extra, we were talking in between games, and he was on our podcast earlier this year, told me there were 17 scouts in attendance. That's how you know you got a, a good pitching matchup right there. Anyway, Virginia Tech takes this one. Uh, they take this one three two one. Like I said, was not very uh, wasn't very good with runners in scoring position. But I mean that all they needed to do was you know score two and they got three and they uh, took this one three to one in a short game. It uh, it, it was a it was a pitcher's duel and it showed with the the amount of the uh, the the time. <laughs> I guess I guess I should say that how long the game lasted. It, it, it did not take very long, but some stats for the Hokies. Now they did, they only had th- what three hits in this one. That's to Kent state six. So not a lot. The three hits came from two from Kevin Madden, who is the lone. I was talking to someone about it. He is the lone starter for Virginia tech baseball that played in 
either of yesterday's games that really has gotten a full year under his belt of starting at Virginia Tech. Fritz Gittner has only had 13 games or 16 games as a true fresh uh, true freshman last year. He's a COVID freshman now. He's not had a full season. Tanner Schobel is a, is a true freshman at, at second base. Um, TJ Rumfield, the transfer, I believe, from Texas Tech at first base, obviously has not played at Virginia Tech. Gavin, Gavin Cross is the same as Fritz. I mean, he's the same as Fritz Ginther. He's same thing. The thir- uh, 16 games last season has not had a full season. Brennan Reback, he started this one. Um, they they did trade off center fielders, but he has not had that either. Jonas Seegers has pinch ran and been a defensive replacement for a while for Virginia Tech, but has never had that, you know, uh, full game experience. And Nick Bit with Nick Bittison out till August with the or August uh, with April until April with I believe a shoulder injury. That's a big loss for Virginia Tech, especially with the bat. They're good defensively. Tech is good defensively, but they're going to need his bat, so they'll miss that. And then with Cade Hunter behind the plate, obviously he sat behind Carson Taylor. So Madden's it. Madden's it. So he goes two for four with an RBI. Um, and then Tanner Scobel adds only the or he adds the only other hit of the game for Virginia Tech. He goes one for four with a ribby. Scoring for Virginia Tech, Kevin Madden with an RBI ground out in the bottom of the first. Scobel with a RBI double in the bottom of the fifth to make it 2-1 Virginia Tech after Kent State tied it in the top of the third. And then Cage, uh, Cade Swisher, who is the DH, he's also not had a full season under his belt for Virginia Tech. He uh, gets an RBI walk as an insurance run in the bottom of the sixth to make it 3-1 Hokies. Now, the, now John Sheff would have liked to add some more after that with how many runners had on base, but nevertheless, you'll take the win. And he was pretty happy, I believe, just off the top of my head with some of the quotes that he had said. He was It was a good day for his guys, and he was happy. He was happy. His Zoom actually crashed on us. We didn't get to talk to him for that long, but we did get to talk to two of the players as well, but. Nice first win for Virginia Tech. The second game, they do follow that up with a beatdown. They they do a little bit better with runners in scoring position, and that's uh, obviously that's a little sarcastic because they win nine to two. So they did a great job. Only eight hits, but uh, Anthony Simonelli, fantastic, uh, another great outing. Virginia Tech has Virginia Tech has got a fantastic one two punch. Their Friday Saturday starters are going to be as good as anyone. Peyton Alford, who's going to be their Sunday starter, is going to be good as well. So. That pitching staff for Virginia Tech is going to be really, really good. Simonelli, he had a high pitch count earlier on. He only he threw 85 pitches. He only goes five and a third with an earned run and three hits, four strikeouts. Did not walk anyone. Then Peyton Alford, the aforementioned Alford, comes in, pitches an inning out of relief just because there was not they needed to pitch him. There is not a third game. Picks up a, or gives up an earned run and two hits. Does strike out a batter and walks a batter. Sam Rochard, yes, the brother of younger brother of Keely Rochard, who um, is from Williamsburg, Virginia, went to Warhill High School. He pitches to a batter, walks him, and then Grand Forvid comes in and gives up a hit before Shane Connolly, the transfer from the Citadel. He's going to be a big piece for the, this uh, Virginia Tech pitching staff. He comes in, pitches two and two thirds. Comes in when I believe it was five to two with the bases loaded, and he goes the rest. He goes the distance. He strikes out. Th- he strikes out three and only allows one hit and picks up his first save of the season. And uh, I, I forgot to mention this in this last one, uh, the first game. Jason Hurd, who probably will be the Hokies closer, picked up his first save of the season. So nice win for Virginia Tech. Uh, Jack Hurley is another guy that he he started in uh, Reback's place in center field. He goes two for four with. Uh, 
he goes two for four. He does strike out two times, but those two hits will probably overlook that. Carson Jones comes on to pinch hit for him. He goes one for one. Gavin Cross, two for three with a big, big two-run bomb. We will get to that in a second. TJ Runfield, one for four. Uh, Tanner Thomas, he has been starting forever. I I, I would ask Coach Chef this question, but his Zoom crashed. I was going to say, you know, Tanner Thomas, he's, he's a fifth-year senior. He didn't start either game, but he was the first person out of the dugout to cheer for his teammates, always warming up the left fielder, chasing down foul balls, comes off the bench, gets a big RBI double. What does that say about the character of your team? I think his answer would have been, it shows how much of a leader Tanner Thomas is. And uh, fifth-year senior from Jacksonville, Florida, that showed right there. That that really speaks volume to me when I'm watching a game, especially in baseball, because I've I've had experience before. Like when I'm playing baseball, like maybe I'm not the the person who gets the most playing time, but I do want to try to show that role as much. You know, be the um have that role. You know, be able to warm up the, the left fielder and cheer on my teammates, and you know, go get the foul balls. And I that so that really speaks volumes to me with Tanner Thomas. Uh, Tanner uh, Strobel with a one. I will work to make sure I'm 100% pronouncing his name right. One for three with two RBIs. And then uh, Dane Leonard actually started behind the plate on this one. After this one as well, he went over three. And then Fritz get, uh, Ginther, he'll get going. He went over two. But uh, scoring place for the Hokies, Kid Swisher walks in the top of the first. Uh, Tanner Strobel with a uh, two RBI sw- single in the top of the, or the bottom of the first, uh, pardon me, to make it three nothing Hokies. And then Gavin Cross, the, the, the dagger really in the second inning, a two run bomb into the right field bullpen scores, Jack Curley and himself and makes it five, nothing Hokies. Kent state picks up two in the top of the six cross. hits a sacrifice fly in the bottom of the seventh Tanner Thomas then hits a, uh, an RBI double there. Like we had talked about in the bottom of the eighth Swisher has a sack fly in the bottom of the eighth and Carson Jones, his, uh, what believe first collegiate appearance. It's an RBI single to give us our final margin of nine to nothing, Virginia Tech. So that that is a uh, quite the weekend for Virginia Tech baseball. That's that's pretty nice there. Oh, uh, uh, so no, that Carson Jones. I, I'm I was not thinking correctly. He was on the team last year, so no, not his first career hit. Yeah, he 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 uh, he hit one eighteen last year, but that was a small sample size. So that was my mistake there, but. Nonetheless, like I said, big weekend for Virginia Tech baseball. They are next in action Tuesday at 2 p.m. I will not be able to attend that one. I will be in Coach Chef's post-game Zoom conference. But I got priorities in the middle of a Tuesday, and um, it has something to do with school. So it's uh, this Tuesday, February 23rd, the Hokies will host the Radford Highlanders in Englishfield at Atlantic Union Bank Park at 2 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. So you can maybe catch that one at work before they travel to Miami this weekend. So that's it for Virginia Tech baseball. Virginia Tech men's tennis, they also get it done this weekend. 7 to nothing over Boston College. I'll tell you what, Virginia Tech men's tennis, their social media game is on. Their caption, they uh, he's the same guy who does the women's tennis, and he, he uh, they the women's tennis team beat Xavier on Valentine's Day, and his caption was like, no more, this is not a day for exes or something like that, which is, which is really, really cool. And then... Today, when they beat Boston, or I guess yesterday, when this podcast was released, when they had it, when they went up to Boston College and took down the Eagles, his caption was "Boston Tea Party," but in place of the O and S, it was seven to nothing. So, pretty clever there. But they go up to BC and take down the Eagles seven to nothing. They will next be next uh, be back in action. 
this Wednesday, February 24th, when they host JMU. The Hokies men's tennis team is now 4-2 and two on the season and 1-0 and oh in conference play. So, so a nice little start for Jim Thompson and Virginia Tech men's tennis. I, they're a sneaky, sneaky good program for Virginia Tech athletics. So that we'll, we'll look forward to maybe them having a decent year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to keeping, uh, keeping, keeping track of how they're doing. Uh, Virginia Tech lacrosse, they, they dropped a heartbreaker. Um, I guess I shouldn't say heartbreaker. It wasn't a, a nail biting defeat, but it was close pretty much the rest of the way. They go down to Durham, North Carolina against the 12th ranked Duke Blue Devils and fall 12 to eight. Uh, but they will get another chance this Wednesday, February 24th, when they host Longwood at Thompson Field. And that one will not be televised or streamed, but you can keep track of that on Twitter, of course, and then on uh, hoagiesports.com. Virginia Tech women's tennis also fell to Duke as well. They fell 7 to nothing in Blacksburg. They fell to 2-4 and four overall and 0-1 and in league play. Now on to previews because I've been dying to do this. Uh, Virginia Tech women's basketball will travel to Clemson, South Carolina to face off against the Clemson Tigers this weekend, or this Thursday, I guess I should say, 6 p.m. on the ACC Network. The Tigers have not had the best year. They come in... 10 and 10 overall and 5 and 10 in league play. So obviously have not had the best start in conference play. That has accounted for all 10 other losses. Through their schedule so far, they did beat up on Furman and Presbyterian. Uh, got a win at Charlotte and then beat Mercer and College of Charleston at home. Did beat Virginia before they canceled their season, 71-55. Lost at Pitt, beat a, a, a good Florida State team, beat Notre Dame handily. Lost at Miami, and then they hit their skip. Lost at Miami. Georgia Tech, Louisville, Badly, Florida State, did beat Syracuse, lost to Pittsburgh, beat Wake Forest and Winston-Salem, and then have lost four in a row, Georgia Tech, NC State, Wake Forest, and North Carolina. So Virginia Tech should have a shot to win this one. Let's look at some stats most recently for the Tigers. In their 77-64 to loss to the to the North Carolina Tar Heels this past week, they were led by Delicia, uh, Delicia Washington with 15 points down or up top as a guard for the Tigers, double zero. So she's the the girl to watch out for for Georgia Amore and Kenny Brooks, Kendall Spray, and Michaela Hayes with 11 points each. Amari Robinson with five, and Nikki Cherry, and Shania Mirtens, and Tyler Bennett with two. I did miss Weronika Hip. She puts up eight. She's from Poland. I do know about her. So she uh, she put up eight as well. So I did miss her. So the, the Tigers got some store uh, some scores, but uh, Delicia Washington is the girl I would look up for up top if I'm Virginia Tech. So that that one should be good, but I think the Hokies will come away with a win. That will be their sixth straight. Virginia Tech women's basketball, 12-7, and 7-7 seven, seven and seven overall wins. Six or fifth, uh, five straight for the first time in program history. So nice little nugget there for Kenny Brooks. All right, now it's time for the men's. Now we've we haven't done one of these in two and a half weeks, so it feels very very foreign. And we're glad to do it in episode thirty of the Goblin One Podcast. Georgia Tech will come to town this Tuesday at seven p.m. on your regional sports network. Uh, the Hokies will host them in Castle Coliseum. Now, look, I I'm looking forward to this one. I'm a little concerned how Virginia Tech will play. It's been two and a half weeks. I watched Louisville, North Carolina very intensely. North Carolina looks very good. Louisville, however, looked 
like a division three team in that team there in that game they had not played and they hadn't really practiced in two weeks they had not they didn't even travel their full roster and they were just a step behind missing easy basket uh missing easy baskets looked exhausted 15 minutes into the game just was really a step behind i mean they got beat by 45 points so that I don't think that'll happen to us at home against Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech is a very good team. They're a sneaky good team, and I, I, I don't understand why they don't get much more national conversation. But I do think, you know, I, I think this one will be close. I'll get to my pick in a minute, but first let's look at some stats for the Yellow Jackets. They're still in this thing in the ACC. They're 11-8 overall, but they're 7-6 and six in league play. They just came off a dominating 87-60 to 60 victory over the Miami Hurricanes so that one was that, that was kind of a wake up call maybe for Virginia Tech. If I mean Mike Young was going to have him ready to play. Let's look at some stats though for Georgia Tech. Like I said, they come in I think they're the most underrated team in the ACC. Is that even can I even call them underrated cuz they're that good, but I don't know. I mean, I'll get to their schedule in a minute and tell you why they're probably not as highly rated, but they're led by Jose Alvarado. Their point guard is their everything. He leads the team in points scored with seven, uh, 16.7 and then leads the team in assists with 4.2 and also leads the team in steals with three. Moses Wright is another guy down low who to watch out for. He averages 16.3 points a game, so pretty much right there with Jose. He leads the team in rebounds with almost eight and blocks with almost two. So there's your two uh, team leaders across the, the five major stats right there. Michael DeVoe is another good guard. He averages 14.7 points a game. Jordan Usher with 10.7. Bubba Parnum with 7.7 points a game. Khalid Moore with 4.2. Kyle, Kyle Stortevent with 3.4. Malachi Rice well, he's only playing in one game, so he probably will not be seeing any action. Rodney Howard averages 1.6 points a game, and that's pretty much it. Guys, you're going to see play for Georgia Tech. So Jose Alvarado and Moses Wright are going to be your key, but the thing is Georgia Tech has two really big guard threats with Jose Alvarado and Michael DeVoe. They get they get really good guard play. They get you know they get it to, to write down in the paint, and they score a lot of points, so... I'm really interested to see this one. Let's look at uh, Georgia Tech's schedule to tell you probably why they're not looked at as one of the better teams in the ACC. And I, I wouldn't say they're like one of the top four teams in the ACC, but I they don't get any NCAA tournament conversation. They don't, and I don't really get it. Like, like Duke has more NCAA tournament conversation than, than the Yellow Jackets do. But, you know, they they control their own destiny. And, and really, here's why. I mean, they, they dropped one. I was watching. It was the night before Thanksgiving, four overtimes at Georgia State, 123 to 120. They then followed that up, probably a little bit of fatigue with a loss to Mercer. Do beat Kentucky and at Nebraska in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Uh, lose to Florida State on the road, as expected. Do take down Florida AM and Delaware State at home. Then beat North Carolina and Wake at home. So they get on a little bit of, uh, of a streak, blow out the Clemson Tigers at home. They lose a close one by two points in Charlottesville to Virginia. Lose at Duke 75 to 68. They defeat Florida State at home 76 to 65, avenging an earlier season loss. Go on the road to Louisville and lose by 16. Do beat Notre Dame at home and then lose really just a frustrating one against UVA when they were up pretty much the whole game towards the end of the game. Fall in just a head scratching one against Clemson on the road. Clemson hits a three that they bank in at the buzzer and gives the Tigers a win, but they are coming off 
a 71 to 65 win over Pittsburgh as well as, as well as that 87 to 60 impressive win over the Miami Hurricanes. In that most recent game against the Hurricanes, Georgia Tech scoring was led by Michael DeVoe, actually, with 29 points. Jose Alvarado with 16, so there's your guard play. That accounts for 45 of their 87 points. Moses Wright with 14 points. What Jordan, Jordan, yeah, Jordan Usher, Rodney Howard with eight. Kyle Sturdivant with five. And then we have Bubba Parnum with three. And Sabah Gishabiri with two. And Khalid Moore with two as well. And that's pretty much your scoring for the Yellow Jackets. The last game against the Miami Hurricanes. Georgia Tech's shot. Here we go. 57% from the field. There you go. 42% from three, kind of like Virginia Tech women's basketball. They go four for four from the free throw line. They out-rebound the Hurricanes 35 to 26. 22 assists to their 10, one block, 10 steals to their four, and just 11 turnovers to their 15. So Georgia Tech... They're playing well. Virginia Tech is coming off of a long COVID pause. I got to go with the trend in college basketball, to be honest. But with to be really to be quite frank with you, to be quite frank with you, I got to go with the trend in college basketball. And teams coming off COVID pauses don't tend to look that great. And Georgia Tech is looking very, very good recently. So I'm actually going to pick Georgia Tech to win in Castle Coliseum. Some may agree, some may disagree. That's just my opinion. I really hope the Hokies can pull this one out because I really think it's, you know, it really would show the country coming off a of COVID pause, especially what happened to Louisville. Really how good Virginia Tech is to be able to come come down here uh, to to take down a good Georgia Tech team at home. Luckily, it's a home. It's not in Atlanta, but I, I am going to pick Georgia Tech to beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. Again, that one is this Tuesday at 7 p.m. on your regional sports network. Masson. In Virginia, Maryland, Fox Sports South in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Also, big shout out before I go. You know, covering Hokies baseball, we'll be doing that throughout the season. Uh, big shout out to their sports information director, Taylor, as well as uh, w- with Hokie softball. And then obviously, I covered a lot of Virginia Tech wrestling and will continue to do so. And then we'll cover a lot of Virginia Tech softballs. My schedule allows and when they're at home. But a uh, big shout out to Sean. So, uh, SIDs do a lot and I really appreciate it. And I've always heard that before I really started doing all this stuff. And I never, like, I guess I got, I got it, but the more I do this stuff, I think it's really crucial to, to, to uh, give them a shout out. So really appreciate all that they have done for me and, you know, us as a whole to be able to help us prepare, but to, to write the best content possible as well as podcast, the best content possible. Well, for Paul Duncan, my producer, I'm Carter Hill, your host and a contributor fifth quarter. That's going to do it. Episode 30 of the Goblin Podcast. Great episode. Went through it real quick. Well, probably real quick to my standards, not real quick to yours, but it's time for me to let you go on with your day. So I really, really appreciate everyone listening to this installment of the Goblin Podcast, part of the fifth quarter sports network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. We had a great weekend of Hokie sports this past week and a great week ahead, hopefully so for Virginia Tech. Thank you all so much for listening. We really, really, uh, really, really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. I guess I should say have a great week. Um, my mind is still set on the weekend because it's Sunday night. So have a great week, everybody. Stay safe out there as always. Wear a mask. And yeah, we will talk to you later this week. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, take care, everyone.